0: We're live. Welcome, 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 everyone, to this week's edition of Sales Team Rescue. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and I'm very excited today to share something that I think will be really, really valuable to you. Um, But before we dive into it, I'm doing a few uh, shares here on Facebook, just to spread the word. Um, Guys, so... If you're watching me live, post in the comments, say hi, where you're watching from. Uh, This is going to be a really cool episode. Um, We're going to go solo today. I'm going to go solo today. And I want to cover three really important pieces if you really want to grow your sales team. So before we go there, I'm going to do a little bit of this. Bear with me for a second, because I've got people waiting to see this episode in other groups. All right. All right, we got some people live. Guys, say hi. All right, now while I'm doing this, I'm going to jump right into the goodies here. So today's episode... I am calling three keys to building six, or sorry, seven and eight figure sales teams. And before you run away and think my business is just me and a few team members, don't run away, okay? Because what I'm going to share with you are the three keys that I used to build uh, a sales team in a past corporate life to doing about $1.35 million a month. So technically it makes it an eight-figure year, I guess. Um, so it works at that scale. But they're also the three key things that you need to do if you want to build any size sales team. Because what happens is that when you, you start inviting other people into your company, your group, your culture, things change. You can't be the person to do everything on your own. And so you need to think about not only what works best for your company, but what works best to motivate and drive those team members. So that's what I'm going to cover today. Um, Just really quickly going to do some shares here. Guys, again, if you're watching live, let me know where you're watching from. Let me know what questions you have about building seven and eight figure sales teams. And you can let me know if the concept of a seven figure or eight figure sales team scares the heck out of you. Cause that's okay. Uh, not everybody has the desire to build a team to that size, but I still want to help anyone that wants to build any size sales team. And that's, that's where my heart is. That's that moment when I see individual sales reps working together to create a momentum that seems almost unstoppable, that's the magic. That's what drives me. And so that's why the core piece of my business is focusing on building sales teams. So let me just quickly share this one. Here we go. Thanks for your patience. Last week, I uh, was delayed in sharing my show to uh, the Headspace Entrepreneurship Group. If you don't know about it, um, check it out. Just look up Headspace for Entrepreneurs. Um, This group is the one that created this channel, Headspace TV. So you will see that branding more and more uh, in the coming weeks. Really excited to be part of it. Lots of people watching now. Awesome. Okay, guys, let me know your questions. I want to know what scares you. I want to know what excites you. And we want to help every single one of you. If you're running a business, I want to help you all build sales teams because that is going to be the key to you being able to scale the impact that you're currently having. All right, almost done, I promise. As soon as Facebook agrees with me. Awesome. Okay, so let's dive into it. Number one. The number one key to building seven and eight figure sales teams is this. You want to make your people matter. And what do I mean by this? Well, sales teams are made out of people, okay? And just like you, as a business owner, as a manager, your people, your team, the people in your company, they have their own goals. They have their own dreams. They have their own priorities. And if you want to put them in a position where they want to truly commit all of their working hours to serving you and helping you get your goals. You need to make them feel like they matter to you Okay, now. I know they do. Okay. When you have a team, even if it's just one sales rep or maybe it's not even sales, it's just someone else on your team that helps you. Maybe it's a executive assistant, virtual assistant, whatever. This is so vital to the growth and success of a company that I know it matters to you, but it doesn't matter what I know. It matters what your team members know, what they feel when they think about the relationship that you have with them. So when I talk about making sure that they matter, it's really making sure that they know that they matter. They show up every single day, whether it's to do sales calls or maybe it's somebody working on a project, a design project, or um, some, even something that's task-specific. Let the person know that they matter and do this by reaching out, connecting. See how their day is going. See what you can do to help them. Um, I was listening to an audiobook, and let me uh, pull it up really quick because I want to get the title right because it's awesome. Wait for it. Okay. Well, I'm looking for it. Oh, here it is. It is called. Come on interweb. Okay. It is called the best team wins the new science of high performance by Chester Alton. If you really want to know all the secrets that I use in building a sales team, grab that book. It's amazing. It's one of those books that I feel like I could have and probably should have written, but he manages to articulate it all in a much more effective way. Um, so you want to make your team feel like they matter by asking them questions, getting to know them, ask about their personal life and not in a, you know, in a way where you want to like get into their business, but find out what's important to them. Find out what's on their mind. What may be distracting them? I've had teams where people have um, had loved ones that, that were sick and that's stuff that I want to be aware of because if I have a huge project that I want to put somebody on, well, I want to be aware of that stuff so that one, I don't overload them when they are emotionally and mentally somewhere else, right? I want to give somebody the space to to handle things the way they need to. I don't want someone to be burnout at work and then go home and try to help somebody else through something. I want to be aware of that balance. And I'm not saying don't put somebody on a project because they got stuff going on. But be aware of how hard you push someone based on what's going on outside of work. And when you're aware of what's going on, you can help align what you're doing business-wise and their efforts. So, for example, um, if you've got someone that uh, maybe they've got a side gig okay, and you're not in a place where, You can attract them full-time yet or you can't pay them full-time yet or whatever, but you want their 100% focus and commitment while they're working on your stuff. Totally understandable. But if their mind is always thinking about, you know, the other paycheck, the other job, it's really hard to, to actually get a hundred percent focus. So talk about that, like be transparent and say, look, I know you've got this going on. That's great. And I fully see your skills and appreciate your abilities. And I want you to eventually be all in over here. And this is my plan to do it. And so while we're in the process, let's make sure that we're creating the best opportunity for you here while we build it. And, you know, be transparent about trying to pull them away from the other gig. There's nothing better for someone than knowing that someone who's already investing in them, who's putting their time and resources to train them, to, to know that that person wants to take them away from any other distractions and say, no, no, you've got the skill, you've got the focus, you've got the attitude, you've got the mindset, and I want you, all of you, mentally and emotionally, to be a key player in the growth that is this organization or the growth that is the mission that we have. Hey, Debbie, watching from the porch office. Love it. (laughs) So this is key. So make them matter and make them know they matter. I think that's the biggest thing that we tend to overlook. We think we're going to bring a team in and this is going to be an army of closers and it's going to go change the world with our message. But if you think you're going to have an army of closers, they're going to just go through the motions. They're going to do what they can do until they don't have that emotional energy anymore, and then they're going to drift off. So you've got to make them know that they matter. Number two, create a culture of success. So there's a lot of uh, hiring books for sales teams um, and, and some of the clients that I have here uh, believe the same thing, that you should always hire a minimum of two sales reps. A part of that has to do with creating competition um, and having benchmarks, right? If you have one person come in and they're struggling, you don't know if it's your sales process, your sales funnel, um, the, the experience that the prospects are having before they jump on the phone, or whether it's just the sales rep who struggles with closing or struggles with follow up. And so if you have two people, you have a way to create those checks and measures, right? You can have like a baseline to see, and ultimately someone's going to outperform the other. But if there's errors or or issues within your sales process, it's going to show up no matter who you have doing the sales. You're going to find some people will do a whole lot better working around those challenges, but having more than one person there helps you identify where the real opportunity is in your system so that you're not spending time on a rep who's struggling, who just really doesn't want it or spending time coaching someone through whose whose conversations really are great, but they're only getting one lead a month and they might be closing it, but you just see they're only making me one sale, right? And there's lots of logistics around that, but, there's some value there in having at least two people. So you have that balance. Um, the other culture of success has to do with competition. They're not like I'm going to go steal your lunch competition, but you can create an environment of friendly competition where people can get along, then collaborate, but they can push each other and be like, Hey Dave, I'm i I'm going to go close through sales today. What do you got on the books? Right. Um, And push someone and have fun with it because it doesn't matter the sales skills you have. It doesn't matter how great your conversations are. If you don't have the drive to get out and make it happen. So you need to create that culture of success where no one on the team is going to accept mediocrity. Okay. You want a high performance sales team. It doesn't matter whether it's a rep of two or a rep of 22 or a rep of 200 or reps of 200. Um, th- this is going to be key because there's always going to pe- be people that will underperform. You need to have a strategy for that. But the first thing is to make sure that you've got people that are performing and overperforming to set that standard. If no one sees the carrot, if no one has sees that bar that's set high enough for them to chase, they're never going to get there. Right. If if, if you can't put a destination in a GPS, there's no way the GPS will get you there. You need to have that example of what that P performance is. And so if it's the top performing rep, maybe it's you as the manager, the director, the owner showing what has been done and what can be done and help your team push for that. That can be a great way to do it. But there's multiple ways, multiple strategies, but creating that culture of success where you share the wins, you've got a little um, competitive edge, you know, you guys are having fun, a little nudge, nudge, hey, I closed the sale this afternoon. What did you do, right? Um, creating that experience inside is really, really powerful. Also, uh, when there's a problem, work together to solve it. If I want to, uh, you know, as a sales rep, I have a problem. I want to feel comfortable saying, Hey, I've got this problem. I'm stuck in this part of the conversation. When someone says, I don't have time. I don't know what to say next. Or this person says, I want to talk to my spouse or my partner. I don't know what to say next. Create a culture where that's okay. We want to move past it as fast as possible, but don't penalize someone for saying, Oh, I have a problem. Okay. You want to have the resistance be around being okay with the problem, right? If they have the problem, let's talk about it. Let's find the solution. Let's work together. And you need to be open and honest about this problems in order to get better. But don't let people be okay with just having the same objection they struggle with for three, six, nine months at a time. Get them in there. Get, get other team members in there. You get in there as the coach, the manager, the owner, whatever, and help them overcome it, but do it together. Okay. Don't make it about penalizing them. If someone has the guts and the trust in the team, in the leadership to say, I'm not being as good as I can right here. Give them credit for stepping up and doing it, but then give them everything they need to be able to make that shift. And then if they don't, then there's another conversation to be had. But that's number two, create a culture of success. Um, the other part actually with that, the best practices, when someone's doing well, what are they doing? And whether it's you, the person running the team, or it's an individual rep, like if you're struggling, um, you know, like Jim Padilla says, if you're on your first day in a sales role, you want to do everything you can to figure out how to start generating revenue for the company. Even if you're not ready, maybe it's go... Tell a friend about the products they sell. Maybe you're not ready to do a full sales process, but unless you're the only rep there, there's other people that can close, right? So what's working for people? What are they doing well that you can model? That's the fastest way to become successful in sales is listen to how somebody else is doing it that's getting the result that you want and model them. And you might modify to fit your personality a little bit, but ultimately, You're going to learn some tips, some strategies, some language around how you can address these issues, these objections, these concerns in a way that just helps that prospect just seemingly float their way to a yes. But you need to listen. You need to study. You you need to go back and listen to your calls if you're recording your calls. And you need to be recording your calls, by the way. Listen to your own calls, audit them yourself. um, Have that be part of the culture. Make yourself better. You don't rely on everybody else to make you better. You need to make yourself better as a salesperson, um, but also as a manager, as a business owner. You need to keep working on your skills too. But the culture you want to create is how do you have every single one of your sales reps or team members in general, take ownership of what they're doing, the results they want to achieve and run with it. And then when they need, they need help, they'll stop. They'll ask for it and continue moving forward. So that's create a culture of success. Number three is show them you believe in them. So I want to be clear on how this is different than number one. Number one was make them know they matter. Okay. Show them that they're important. But the other part is, show them that you believe in them, in that, let them know the positive things you're seeing and let them know the opportunity that you see before them. So, if you've got somebody who is an amazing salesperson, and because you've gotten to know them, you made them know they matter. So, you understand what their goals are, what their motivations are, and they want to be in leadership someday. Well, if you talk to them about mapping out a path to that leadership, that's their why, right? That You can help impact their why based on the opportunities that you present. And so when you show them you believe in them, you, you give them that shot or give them a clear path of what it'll take to get that shot. So for example, um, maybe you say, hey, Sam, I understand you want to be a manager one day, and I think that's awesome. Now, to get there, here's what we need to do. And maybe you map out a plan where you get together every couple of weeks and talk about the skills that are important to you for Sam to become a manager. Whether it's people skills, whether it's just sales numbers, um, focus on follow-up, things like that. You want them to be exhibiting the behavior that you feel a leader should have, and they need to lead by example. And so if they're doing it, let them know you see it. If they're not, let them know that that's a gap and it needs to be filled for them to get to where they want to be. So those are the key pieces, guys. So that was three keys to building seven and eight figure sales teams. One, make sure your people know they matter. Two, create a culture of success. Three, show them you believe in them. Okay, guys, so post in the comments. Um, let me know how this impacts you in your business. Are you your sales team? What do you need to do to make sure you're performing at your peak? What things do you need to create in your business, in your calendar, um, with technology to make it easy for you to track to make sure that you're holding yourself accountable to something? One of the biggest challenges as a business owner is when I'm doing my own sales. It's so easy for me to say, well, I got something more important to do. I'll call that person back later. And then later never comes, right? Last week, I mentioned something. I said, next week is where sales go to die, right? And that's when you're, you push a follow-up next week and say, oh, yeah, I'll call you next week. But I've also heard the quote, tomorrow's the busiest day of the week because we keep putting things off. So what can you do today to build a structure in your business, whether it's for you, Or whether it's for your team, what can you do to help make sure that there's some driving factors, some commitment, some carrot that they're chasing, whether it's um, growth in the company, maybe it's money that motivates them. Um, What can you do? And for you, it has to do with money on some level. You want to generate more income. Maybe you want to give yourself more time freedom. Maybe you want to grow a business to create a bigger impact. Maybe you want to... spend more time with your family. Maybe you need to generate revenue to create more money for your family because your kids want to go to private school or you want them to go to private school or you want that vacation. In order to do that, you need to create systems. Some of them can be technology driven, but a lot of them you need to have emotionally driven systems. So you need to tap into your why. Do you have something right behind your computer screen or maybe on your desktop that represents what you want to have built or developed or created in your life 12 months from now. I've got a vision board on the other side of my wall here that has a picture of the Maserati that I want. That has a picture of the Britling watch that I want. And it's not about material things necessarily, but I want it to pull me on on my watch right now. You probably aren't gonna be able to see it. Uh, Maybe, there we go. Okay, that is a Maserati logo. I do not drive a Maserati today. I will, but not today. So every time I look at my watch to check the time, I see it's time to go earn that Maserati every single day. So that's my carrot. And there's a lot more to it than that. That was just a really cool thing that I could put in front of me repeatedly throughout the day, right? Other things have to do with family. Um, the next home, where do I want to live, right? These goals for you. And it's the same conversation to have with yourself that you're going to have with your reps. What drives you? What motivates you? Why are you here doing this? Entrepreneurship is hard. Sales, sales can be hard, but if you keep yourself focused, you create the systems to make things simple And then you drive that energy, that emotional energy, the stuff that makes us want to procrastinate when we're scared or makes us want to do something else because, you know, we're scared we're going to go live on Facebook and somebody might judge me. Oh, my goodness. Right. All this is fear driven. And what happens is your fear becomes greater than what you want to achieve or at least your perception of it does. So if you have what you want to achieve right in front of you and do the same thing with your team, what is it that drives them? And make sure their why is bigger than any fear, any resistance, anything that's holding them back. And you will see team members that take action time and time again. Guys, that's it for this week. I'm Jeremy DeMerchant. This is Sales Team Rescue. That was the three keys for building seven and eight figure sales teams. We will see you live next Wednesday at 2 p.m. with a special guest. You're going to have to tune in to find out. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.